a deep dive into the Utah Jazz guards. How do they all fit? How do we bring together? And how does Chris Dunn, the one point guard in this whole group, actually fit? It's next on Locked on Jazz. You are Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz. Today, we use B-Ball Index, a great unused site or not as valuable a site, or not as used a site, just as valuable a site, to look at the superpowers, the uh, skills, the breakdowns of all of the Utah Jazz guards. We'll look at Sexton, Taylor Norton, Tucker, Chris Dunn, and Jordan Clarkson, and we will try to break those down and see what we have uh, for each of those today and what we learn, what we uh, what the Jazz offer or have to offer in all those players. So that's uh, coming up on today's show. Mike gives a little bit of an idea. And then Chris Dunn specifically gets really interesting because of the fact that um, you have uh, Sarah Todd said in her article, I think you should start. I've done a bunch of stuff and don't have them in rotation, so which is right? We'll also try to ch- check in on the t- Tyler Snar's dunks and threes, which is a pretty good um, way to look at players as well on that. Plus, a bunch of news and notes uh, of everything going on in USA Basketball. Who's voted the best player so far in camp as Walker Kessler and the crew play Puerto Rico tonight? As I mentioned, I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider, and this is Locked on Jazz. It's your daily podcast. On the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much to all the everydayers out there that join us, join in the chat room, send me notes on Twitter, and thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz the first listen of your day. We are free and available on all podcasting apps, also on YouTube. Please subscribe. Five-star reviews are much appreciated on Spotify and Apple. All right, let's dig in. So we're going to start with Colin Sexton. Uh, and then we'll look at Jordan Clarkson, and then Taylor Horton Tucker, and then Chris Dunn. So Colin Sexton, 24 years of age now, so still young, 6'2", 183, was the eighth pick in 2018 by the Cleveland Cavaliers out of Alabama. Uh, and just some quick notes on through dunks and threes, the Tyler Schnarr count. So he played about uh, 24 minutes a night last or year. He... His usage rate was 23, which puts him in the 91st percentile uh, for usage. Um, he, at his estimated plus minus, which is kind of Tyler's key stats, had him as a plus 0.4 offensively in the 77th percentile. Defensively, had him in the 34th percentile. And his EPM, which is his estimated plus minus, overall, I believe, had him in the 64th percentile. Um, overall, which is kind of right about where he's been in his in his entire career. Um, he did make a nice jump in his true shooting percentage last year. His rim shooting slipped from the year prior, but he only played 11 games the year prior. His rim shooting was at 58%. His mid-range shooting was really high at 49%, maybe unsustainably high. Three-point shooting with limited attempts was back up to 39%. Um, and uh, he is a good offensive rebounder, not non-existent defensive rebounder as you'd expect, and his, uh, so just kind of quick notes there on him, and uh, Tyler Schnarr's projections 
on him have him still kind of trending upwards. Like he's not done with his at this age with his projection is his development in any way. So let's go to it. Let's go to and these are pretty cool. Actually, we'll try. I learned how to do this the other day, so now I'm getting cocky. Um, though I did hear that my mic was off the other day, so apologize for that. Um, let's see. So I think I can. Uh, I learned how to share screens, so I'm gonna like now become like a share screen freak. Um, so here's Colin Sexton on B-ball index, uh, and so what I love about B-ball index is it speaks Will Hardy's language. So skill badges for Sexton are like, what is his superpower, right? That's Will Hardy's big phrase. What's his superpower? Colin gets downhill. He's a pick dodger. He's a one-man wrecking crew, and he's a giant slayer. So he is. He, he is all-energy, downhill, offensive guy. They have his advanced position as on-ball guard. I'm not sure I totally agree with this. I think Colin might be a little bit more of an off-ball guard. His offensive role is slasher. His defense role is point of attack. His offensive position, they have a shooting guard, so I would agree. Key talent metrics that they kind of run through quickly. He gets a B for shooting guard, an A minus for finishing, which is interesting because that number wasn't great. Playmaking A minus and perimeter and off defensive rebounding D minus, defensive impact F, offensive impact B plus. So let's dig in a little bit deeper um, in this. So his opportunity is usage, um, his uh, touches per game, he's in the 76th percentile. And I'm gonna, you, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see these. You can go to B ball index and check these out also. Um, I think there's just – I'll scan through the ones that I think are are particularly important. His usage rate is at 82%. So he's on the floor. He's going to get the ball. So this is why when we did our lineups, I think of Sexton as the second fat on a, on a bench unit, probably playing opposite of uh, – or anytime Clarkson's not on the floor, you've got to probably put him on the floor some of the time together, um, maybe late in games. But I see him – when Clarkson's off, I see Sexton on. He's your primary offensive player with an 82% usage rate, 26% above average. Um, and his total offensive load is in the 87th percentile. Um, perimeter shooting is really good. He just doesn't take a lot, right? That's the He's got a slow release. He doesn't take a lot, but he's an A-minus three-point shooter at 39%. Um, his openness rating was not good. So, in other words, he didn't get a lot of open shots last year. Um, he doesn't take them from deep, and his shot quality is fine, and his perimeter shot creation is fine. One-on-one, um, -on -one, this is where he's at his best, right? He's an A-plus total ISO impact player, 97th percentile. Total isolation effective field goal percent A. Like, this is a great skill. Unfortunately, if you think about him as a point guard, his isolation turnover rate is an F. Okay, so that's a little higher than you'd ever want uh, to see there uh, on him. On a, from a um, finishing standpoint, his drives for 75 possessions an A. These are telling us things we know, but this just reconfirms kind of what kind of players Colin Sexton. And this is where I thought Will Hardy used him brilliantly last year is he had him off the ball, and then he's getting the ball, and he's making a quick move and an action, and he doesn't have to – he gets to go much more quickly um, than when he's coming from the top. But often I saw last year with him at the top, he was thinking stalled out by it all. He's not a good passer, right? So his – at least according to his numbers, he's a drive pass out as a C-, minus, drive assist rate as a C+. Plus. His, foul, his foul drawing is A-, minus, right? He's creating for himself. Um, his rim shot making is an A plus. His finishing talent is an A minus. His rim shot quality is an F. So he's going to the rim and getting shots that are really tough. And, you know, that's where he's going to probably have to develop is to finding um, some of these other guys. His playmaking grades, his passing efficiency is a D plus. His passing uh, 
Oh, we just somehow switched to James Harden on the screen. I don't know why. Oh, because this the one flaw in this is that somebody else can come in here and suddenly change, uh, at least on the site I'm on. I think if you're on your own site, that can't happen. Um, but so somebody else out there was looking and decided to check. I'm on a media site that's a little different. So Derek got Colin Sexton back. That was quite something. All of a sudden, I had James Harden. Um, so Sexton's playmaking, we just talked about. His... Uh, his post play, things of that nature aren't really, and his off ball movement are all D's and C's. So, this is where Will Hardy maximized Colin Saxon, where I think he's most interesting as a second player. Defensive matchups, um, they've done a nice job of this. He takes the primary ball handler 21% of the time, secondary ball handler 19% of the time, something called shot creator 15% of the time. It's always interesting to see like who is guarding tier one, tier two, or tier three players. Royce O'Neill used to always be guarding tier one players. So he's at 18% on tier one, not 20% on tier two. We kind of move him around. Uh, his, his, his guarded, most of the time he's guarding the least good offensive player or a second team bench player. And if his defensive ratings aren't that good, as they show here, then I think this uh, matches up well for him. Again, here's perimeter defense. On ball perimeter defense, he gets pretty good rating. His uh, screen mobility, he gets an F. His passing lane defense, three-point contest, he gets Fs. Um, probably a little harsh, but his defensive rebounding is not something he does. Offensive rebounding, he does do really well. Uh, and so this is another reason why I think it makes sense on Colin Sexton that you have him on the second unit a little bit uh, as we look at this. All right, our next guy we're going to look at is Jordan Clarkson. We Skill badges. One-man wrecking crew, gets downhill, playmaking whiz, transition, pull-up assassin. So very similar to Colin Sexton. Three-point shooting, A, finishing, B, playmaking, A, perimeter isolation, defense, C, offensive impact, A, minus defensive impact, F. A little harsh. These grades, B-ball index gives out. But defensive rebounding, not great. So if we look at um, Jordan and we get to the usage rate again, we're at the 93rd percentile, total usage 96th percentile. And again, this is where, at least when we did our lineups, I separate those two. We're either going to have Jordan or Colin on the floor. At times, we might have both just to get them enough minutes but you're probably not doing a lot there. And then from a defensive versatility and matchup standpoint, Jordan is a deep, you'll see it here later, is a matchup difficulty D, which means he's not guarding some of the best players. Uh, Three-point percentage, he shot 34% last year. His pull-up is a D, his catch and shoots a C minus. His openness rating was an F, so he did not have great spacing last year for either of these two guys. His average pull-up shot distance is pretty deep and pretty good. His three-point foul rate is the best there is because he's Colin Sexton drawing those fouls. One-on-one -on -one isolation game, this is where it's great. B-plus, total isolation impact, A-minus, turnover rate, D. Another one draw, driving in there, not always knowing where it's going to go next. But drives for 75 possessions, A-plus. So you got two of these guys, rim shot creation and rim shot quality. He gets the exact same F that you got for Colin Sexton uh, a few moments ago. Very similar in so many different ways here. Draw about uh, and his drive drawing, his foul drawing rate is not Colin Sexton. Colin's driving into people. Jordan's using his footwork, getting by people, avoiding people. Colin's, uh, Jordan's playmaking. Oh, and now I've got the same thing going on again. So this is the one problem of using this site. You guys are seeing it. I was aware of it coming in. Tried to pre-prepare us by moving a bunch of um, player profiles to different things. But um, All right, here we go. Back to Jordan. Uh, Jordan's playmaking, he gets an A minus. So he showed this last year, and his passing volume is a B plus. His passing efficiency is not great because he shoots so much, 
but his playmaking talent gets an A. So this was a big step forward for Jordan last year, and that's where I think, from the standpoint of whether Jordan could just have him play point guard or not, he really might be able to do that. He might be able to play point guard this upcoming season for the Jazz, and it's worth trying. His assist rate for 75 possessions was an A minus. His potential assist for 100 passes was an A plus. While his passing efficiency was poor, his passing creation quality was an A. His playmaking talent was an A. So pretty interesting kind of there. Uh, move things for Jordan. He's, he's not a great, um, obviously, uh, rebounding-wise. He's non-existent on the defensive end. And then defensively, here you have, again, primary ball handler just 12% of the time, secondary ball handler 16% of the time, um, second stationary shooters 27%. So you go look at the tiers, and the Jazz are doing the same thing with him. They're putting him at the, six, the 30th percentile, 30% of his time he's guarding a bench tier six offensive player. And then tier four, the other one, the highest rate. So they've done, they did a really nice job from a coaching standpoint of hiding Jordan. And again, you can't be hiding both Jordan and Colin at the same time. And this gets into where Ochai Baji became so important to all of us when we did lineups. We ended up with him all the time. Uh, Jordan's perimeter defense, he gets a C for on-ball defense. He's not a good three-ball contest guy, not a great passing lane guy. Um, his screen mobility is not great. So defensively is not really his forte. Um, there. So, and then by the way, this is one other thing that they have. It's just kind of interesting on all of the different metrics at the end, they have a player impact rating. So overall on LeBron, Clarkson got a C minus last year, real plus minus, which is the Taylor Schnarr thing. I started with, with Colin Sexton's a D plus Raptor C plus, um, Luck, which is, I don't know which one is D plus, uh, box two minus C. And it's all because his offense is at A and his defense is, is not great. Um, on these things. So kind of an interesting look at Jordan and at Colin and how similar the two of them uh, really are in so many ways. All right. That is our first two guys we're going to look at today here on Locked on Jazz. Today's show is brought to you by Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also in Logan. The uh, great work of the Murdoch family over 80 years in the state of Utah, making sure that you get absolutely the best service you can imagine and the no regrets experience is what they like to talk about the most uh at murdoch the chevys the trucks the silverado and the colorado are absolutely unbelievable the suv lineup super strong with the blazer and the trailblazer the equinox and the tracks you can get it all over at murdoch Hyundai. if you're gonna look for a chevy right now please email me first at dlock09 at gmail.com and we'll go get you set up that's dlock09 at gmail.com we'll get you set up with a vip meeting over at Murdoch, Hyundai, Murdoch Chevy, we'd love to set you up, give you that kind of Murdoch treatment, give you the no regrets treatment that is the signature of everything involving the Murdochs. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel, time to get involved. The official sports book of Locked On FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you a chance to win all season long because right now you bet on the Super Bowl winner, and you get a bonus bet every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player pops, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash Take some time to visit FanDuel and include money lines, props, etc., all sort of fun stuff. If you haven't looked at the FanDuel sportsbook, there's all sorts of NBA items that are there as well. Uh, with the over uh, most improved defensive player of the year. Do you want you want to bet Walker for defensive player of the year? Well, you can go do that uh, for upcoming awards. 
things that nature. The odds on favor to win the title right now are the Celtics at 470, the Nuggets are at 480, even the Bucks at 600, and the Suns at 650. You can get it all at FanDuel. Thanks so much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked on NBA is still proceeding five days a week for you, 30 minutes every single day, giving you everything you need on Locked on NBA for your second listen. All right, let's continue with our. Uh, and hopefully not get bounced around too many times. And our player profiles. Let's see, our third player profile is Taylor Horton Tucker. He's still up on the screen. So this is, Taylor's really interesting because he had this great end of year run last year. And now how does he fit? And again, this is one where I don't know that you can have Keontae George getting minutes. I don't know that you can have Taylor Horton Tucker and Chris Dunn all getting minutes. There's probably some level here where if Ochai Abaji's playing a bunch of two, the minutes are either Taylor Horton Tucker, Keontae George, or Chris Dunn. Um, he gets the same badges Taylor Horton Tucker does in a lot of ways that we saw from Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. Gets downhill, playmaking with. Those are his superpowers. That's why I love the way B-Ball Index does this. 6'4", uh, 222 um, overall. I was going to take a quick look here at, um, and I think this is interesting, this is the uh, dunks and threes on Taylor Horton Tucker. So he's still 22 years of old of age. And if you look at him for a second and his, his estimated plus minus a big jump positive, still negative last year, but in LA for his opening years, he was minus 2.5, minus 2.4, minus 2.6. He now goes to minus 1.2 defensive plus minus. He's the one guy who's a positive here. So that's an interesting and a minus 0.9, definitely on an upward. You look at his estimated plus minus definitely on an upward trajectory. Um, and you're wondering whether there might be just something else that, that could be tapped into there in the process. His shooting is what we'll get into here in a minute, obviously, is the issue. It's just his three-point shooting has never quite been good enough um, along the way. So let's go back to Talon. Uh, On-ball on guard, advanced position, primary ball handler is how they see him, point of attack, shooting guard. Big grades, he gets a C-minus for finishing, a B for three-point shooting, A for playmaking, A for perimeter isolation defense. Now that's... Very different than Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. Deep, defensive rebounding gets a B. Again, very different than those guys. Defensive impact, C-minus offensive impact, B-plus. So his usage rate is still in the 90th percentile. So all three of these guys at different points in the season last year all had massively high usage rates in Sexton, Clarkson, and Taylor Norton Tucker. This will be a big adjustment if they're all trying to play together. They often play based on injuries and sitting guys out in different things. His defensive versatility is an A defensively. So that makes Taylor Norton Tucker very different according to b-ball index and these other guys um is his his matchup difficulty is a b instead of the f that we saw in the last two guys and his defensive position versatility is an a minus so those long arms to, uh at six foot four with like a seven foot wingspan that he reaches in and makes plays this is his bugaboo perimeter shooting d c my d on threes c minus on pull up threes d on catch and shoot d plus on above the break c minus on corner d plus on openness rating um, shot quality, he gets an F. He doesn't get fouled on three-point shots. Um, and is, so he, he, this is really the struggle for him. Finishing is interesting because this is where I think he can make the breakthrough. His drives, another A-plus. So we got three guys who can just get downhill, get to the basket. Will Hardy did a great job of spreading out the floor for him last year. Um, rim creation, though, another F. And rim shot quality, another F. And finishing talent, his is less good at C-minus. Drive assist rate, C+. So none of these three guys are particularly good at dishing it out. Now, drive per assist, 
Taylor might be a little bit better at the B minus than uh, Colin and Jordan. We can go back and look at those two things. And maybe later in the week, we'll kind of break down some of these things skill by skill next week um, as we have some other things to look at this week. Off-ball movement, uh, attack rate, and F. Movement passing F because he's playing with ball hands. Playmaking skills, assist for 75 possessions is an A. Pass create volume is an A. Passing versatility is a B. So that was really interesting to see. Passing versatility is defined as passing spread looks at synergies, passing data on assists from scoring play types and sports radar data on assist locations to gauge who's passing and what types of looks they're getting. Um, so his playmaking talent gets an A there for Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, and uh, then finally, on the offensive rebounding, we mentioned he's not in defense range, he's a little bit better. His defensive adjusted rate for his position, he's actually an A um, offensive rebound now. Now, defensively, this is where he's different. He bounces around. He played secondary ball handlers, 18%, shot creator, 16%. And if we go down to the tiers, he's still playing usage three, 36% of the time. Jazz doing a nice job on all these guys. But he is up in the 72nd percentile in tier one, 86th percentile in tier two. Can he... Maybe lose a little weight, get a little bit more agile, be a better defensive player. That could really vault him into a little bit more playing time. His defensive matchup versatility, we mentioned earlier, is really good. You can see he must have played much more when they were switching, not playing with Walker, um, because he ends up on a bunch of different guys. 28%, 27% time on point guard, 31% time on shooting guard, 19% on small forwards. And his overall defensive rating, perimeter defense, A minus. Turnover rate, though, is an F. Passing lanes, a C plus. Three-point contest is not great. We started to allow a lot of threes, as you all know. Um, and then screen mobility, he's not great on their rating system either. Um, and then just overall, B, LeBron, he gets a B. Real plus minus, he got an F. Raptor got a C plus. Luck, he gets a C minus. LeBron Box, he gets a B. And Box plus minus, he got a C minus. So a little bit all over the map, depending on how they view him. And his defensive numbers were kind of all over the map as well. Uh, like defensive box plus minus has him as an A minus, whereas real plus minus has him as an F. So all of, oh, never mind. I ended up with Jay Scrub. Same thing happened. Sorry. It's like happens at the last second there. So let me just make let me make sure that we get that. Maybe it looks all over the map because it switched on me in the middle. So let's make sure we just have the accuracy there on Halen. Um it's almost like I have to do a show at like one o'clock in the morning, but basketball nerds are up at all times looking at these sites. Um, so if we go back to Taylor at the very end here, um, B for LeBron, B for real plus minus, C minus for Raptor, B for uh, uh, luck, B minus for LeBron, C minus for box plus minus, kind of all over the map. As I mentioned, like LeBron box has him as an F defensively, but uh, real plus minus has him as a B plus. That was be all over the map. Um, when I previewed it beforehand. And just to make sure that we look here, tier defensively, is it was what we looked at. All right, let's look at our final one and hope it doesn't get switched on us, and that's Chris Dunn. And this is the big mystery. Sarah Todd writes the other day that she thinks Chris Dunn should be the starting point guard. We do, a bunch of people emailed me about the same thing. Um, we do the starting lineups the other night, and I end up with Chris Dunn not in the lineup. Uh, so his badges are tier dropper. Off-ball pass, pickpocket, gets downhill, microwave. I think that's questionable. His three-point shooting is a D-plus. This has been the bugaboo. Finishing is a B. Playmaking is an A and A-minus. Defensive rebounds a B-minus. Offensive impact A-minus. Defensive impact C-plus. So his usage rate's down, right? So now for all the conversations about usage rate, his usage rate is down. He's down at kind of mid-level. Allows you to move. The advantage of having him moves the ball. Defensive matchups, he's at an A-minus. 
um, does get in foul trouble. And uh, defensive versatility is good. Um, his three-point shooting numbers are all really good last year, except for the fact he just doesn't take very many. Um, and so his perimeter shooting comes out as a D plus. Remember, he shot at a high number in the limited times. His total isolation game and isolation one-on-one game was much improved last year. He doesn't draw fouls because he started using that floater. Um, his isolation game was a B plus. His drives per 75 possessions, another A plus. So we now got four guys that really get down. No rim shot creation at all. Gets an F for that uh, because he used that floater and used that mid-range game um, from where he was uh, and how he kind of developed that skill. His rim shot quality is an F. Um, he doesn't go to the rim anymore. If you remember last year, if you're an everydayer, what we broke down was that he went to the rim a decent amount of early screen didn't finish. And so now he's started into that floater. It's why that transformation is what makes you really believe what Chris Dunn did last year is real. Um, and why you believe that he probably can continue to be as good a player as was. Here's his playmaking. This is where he's, you know, an A for an assist ration, A for pass creation, A plus for passing efficiency, A for passing, B for passing versatility. Creation quality, not great. Um, no scoring gravity and playmaking talent is at an A minus. Off ball movement was limited. Um, if we run to his rebounding, he's actually a pretty big, strong guy. So he does some defensive rebounding. His defensive rebounding is fine. His offensive rebounding non existent. Perimeter defense, on ball perimeter defense is an A. Loose ball, uh, A plus. Pickpocket rating, A minus. Passing lane defense, A. Deflections, A. Steals, A. This is where he's great. And then when we move down here, into kind of, he still guards tier six most of the time, but he's up a 90th percentile in tier two, 73rd percentile in tier one, and guards the point guard 83% of the time. So the Jazz really have the way of figuring him out um, this year. So this is really, this is why I want to do this today, because I think this is what's interesting, is if you look at those four guys that we just looked at, they're, they're all really different, and they do different things. We'll break down those, that in a second, plus some news and notes from around the NBA as we continue here on Locked on Jazz. Thanks to everybody. Get your comments in the YouTube section. Adds to the program for those of you watching on YouTube, those of you on Twitter or X. Feel free to hit me at DLock09. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Jazz your first listen. Tomorrow we'll look at Ochai and Lowry um, and and uh, kind of that position, and then we'll look at uh, John Collins over the years to try to figure out what we can see on how John Collins has um, developed over the years to figure out what the right answer and what might happen. Uh, with him coming up uh, later in the week. And then we'll start the interview series coming up as well. All right. So I thought that was really interesting because we knew some of this, but it really laid it out that one, on one level, Jordan and Colin are super similar and elite at what they do great, elite at their superpowers. Taylin and Chris Dunn, neither can really shoot. And so that hurts you in that regard. Both can get downhill. Both are better defenders. Chris Dunn's a better defender, probably according to B-Ball Index, than Taylin Horton Tucker. But Taylor Horton doesn't get to the rim more and distribute out a little bit more in some ways than Chris Dunn can. So super interesting, and it's going to probably have a lot of variety. And then you add Keontae George in the mix, and you've got five guys for three positions, really, because other than it, Chris Dunn could guard, and maybe Taylor can develop into guarding some of the primary guys along with Ochai Abaji. Remember, we all kind of had this problem when we did the lineups. We had Ochai Abaji out there forever because of the fact that he's like the one guy who could guard their primary defender, or at least we feel could guard the primary defender with, with some ability. And then you end up, you know, with him playing 48 minutes, which you certainly can't have. Um, and so maybe Chris Dunn can do some of that. Maybe Taylor Horton Tucker's, and then they, that's how they work their way in the lineup. 
But I do feel as though there's kind of time for one of those three guys this year initially. Now, we've seen with Will, he'll often move guys around, put guys in different positions, read different nights, do different things. Guys miss on average 11 games a year. Um, and so time opens up for all of them. The trade opens up a ton of time. The trade, you know, the one thing that's nice for the Jazz is if they get into the trade market, actually they can make a bunch of trades and not have the drop off that they have, right? Like if suddenly you make a trade and Taylor and Tucker's playing more or Chris Dunn's playing more, I don't think it's a massive drop off um, for the Jazz and might allow them to have some depth to be able to kind of maintain excellence even after some deals, maybe even where they get future assets or even current assets um, to get better. Um, but the Chris Dunn fit is super interesting. And, you know, Sarah, as I said, in the Desert News wrote that she thinks he should start. We have him not in rotation. You know, the not shooting thing is, is, is real. The playmaking and defense thing is great. Um, and so you've got to figure out how you're going to do this. And if you have Chris Dunn on the floor and he's on the floor, who's he playing with? You know, he's probably not playing with Taylor. That's two not very good shooters. Then you have him with Collins, not an active three-point shooter. Um, or with Jordan, and he didn't play much at all last year with either Jordan or with Colin um, late in the year. Those are lineups we didn't see much because they were both limited late in the season and how much they were playing um, while Chris Dunn was getting getting the majority of his time on the floor. Uh, and so we'll have, you know, that's something the Jazz will have to learn. Does he play with a spot-up shooter like Ochai, who's not a primary ball handler, and Chris has been the primary ball handler? Does he play with someone like Kelly Olynyk? who then can do some of the ball in. But the problem with Chris is off the ball is that then he doesn't have any gravity because he's not a great shooter. But he, is, he did add, as we talked about earlier, that floater. And that floater really changes who he is as a player and made him a much more efficient offensive player. And it did feel, as I said, super sustainable. I mean, the player, the estimated plus minus on who he was as a player after being out of the league for nearly two years is just dramatically different uh, than we saw before. Uh, and so therefore... Uh, I think you can kind of project that, that that was real. I don't think that was like a fluke of some sort that he hit those shots and he did it in the G League. Um, and he did it, uh, he did it for with the Jazz and he did a little bit in Portland. Uh, by the way, Clarkson and Dunn played 84 possessions together all year last year. That's it. Um, those were the only 84 possessions they played together all year. Uh, so almost no sample size to know anything of it. Chris. Uh, Chris Dunn and Colin Saxon last year played just 36 possessions together all year. So no sample size on that combination of whether of those two guys, who I think I'd have to be on the floor at all times. Taylor Horton Tucker and Chris Dunn did play 206 possessions together and it was a minus 16. That's not a lot. That's a pretty small uh, sample size as well. Um, but it, it was a limited time, minus 16, did not defend well, which is interesting. Those were the two best defensive guards we talked about right there, and they did not defend well. His shooting guard time last year was mostly with Ochai Abaji, but to, you know, a lot of Simone Fontecchio and some Donnie Juzang and a lot of other stuff in there uh, for Chris Dunn as we got kind of fatal late in the season. All right, I have a bunch of news and notes from around I want to get to. Um USA plays Puerto Rico tonight. That game's on FIBA courtside. It's at 8 o'clock hour time. We'll see how much Walker gets. Jaron Jackson will likely start as the power, as the center there. He has been the star of camp uh, for the USA team. Cade Cunningham got the shout-out as the star for select team. Um, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, all were playing very well in an athletic boat. Expected starting lineup is Brunson with Bridges, Brandon Ingram, and Jaron Jackson. Not entirely sure who the fourth guy will be. 
And what will be interesting to watch is when the jet, when the USA team go to the bench. Um, oh my gosh, there's a moose. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, that was a moose just walking by the screen right there if you're on YouTube. 31 minute mark moose enters screen. That was wild. Um, that'll flush you. Uh, by the way, Clarkson flew to the Philippines yesterday. Uh, Philippines beat Senegal last night, 75-63. And then uh, on this call, guard, uh, schedule, by the way, might start getting schedule release leaks this week. That would be super fun. This is kind of the week where the schedule comes out. It might be next week, but we start getting those leaks first. Uh, Jazz preseason schedule should come out fairly soon. We know they're playing October 10th at Climate Pledge. And we know they're home October 14th against Portland at the Delta Center because Portland's released that. Um, Portland's also playing a game against the New Zealand Breakers, so that team's floating around the West Coast. Often we play those fun games against Australia and New Zealand in preseason. Hopefully we do that again because that's really fun. Uh, and the final note I had for you, we can talk about more tomorrow, is there was a list of the top 20 shooting guards in the NBA. Jordan Clarkson came in at 17. Digest this and chew on this as your final thought of the day. You guys can discuss amongst yourselves. There, here was their list. Should I go 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Let's go 10 to 1. 10 was Tyler Hero. 9 was DeJounte Murray. 8 was Bradley Beal. 7 was Desmond Bain. 6 was Tyrese Maxey. I would have Bain ahead of Maxey. 5 was Zach Levine. I might have Bean in front of Max, uh, Levine. 4 was Jalen Brown. 3 was Donovan Mitchell. 2 was Anthony Edwards. And 1 was Devin Booker. That is Locked on Jazz. I'm David Locke. That's the Moose. It is a lot. Hope you're doing great. Thanks very much for tuning in the show. Never let know what might happen. Have a great one. Talk to you soon.